Welcome to the KPMG Financial Report and Podcast Series, delivering fresh insights and perspectives around major accounting and financial reporting developments across a range of timely topics. We thank you for joining today. Hello, I'm John Barbagallo, a Managing Director at KPMG, and welcome to another installment in our podcast series about the accounting implications of the new IRA and CHIPS Act. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of diving a little deeper into non-refundable and bonus credits with two of my colleagues from KPMG, including Ashby Corum, a partner with Washington National Tax, and Angie Storm, a partner in our Department of Professional Practice. Ashby and Angie have been closely monitoring tax legislation, and I want to thank them today for joining us and sharing their insights on the new tax laws. So, starting with you, Ashby, what does non-refundable mean in the concept of tax credits? Thanks, John. When we use the term non-refundable tax credit, we're really talking about a tax credit that requires taxable income and a tax liability incurred in order to be able to realize the benefit of the credits. So these are referring to credits that are not refundable. You know, if you don't generate a tax liability for the year, you won't get a refund of the credit. Instead, if the credits are not utilized in that year where they're generated, they'll just carry over to the next year where they can be used to offset the tax liability. In many cases, these credits are carried forward for a number of years, 20 or even more years forward and can offset a tax liability in any of those years. But if the entity doesn't generate a tax liability by the end of that period, they uh, they could expire unused at the end of that period. Okay, makes sense, Ashby, thank you. So Angie, turning to you, is the basic accounting for these types of credits, are they within the scope of ASC 740? Yeah, John, as Ashby mentioned, these credits are more traditional in that companies can monetize them really only through a reduction of their federal income tax liability. So they are within the scope of Topic 740. And maybe just as a reminder of how Topic 740 deals with these credits. So for a production type credit, companies recognize those in the year that they arise. So that's the year in which they become available to offset the company's income tax liability. For investment tax credits, Topic 740 provides companies a policy election. So a company can apply either the flow-through method or the deferral method. Some companies already have a policy for these types of credits, and they should continue to apply that policy. But some companies might be establishing a policy for the first time for these investment tax credits. So a company that applies flow through recognizes the entire benefit in the period arises. So just like a production tax credit. A company that applies the deferral method defers the benefit and recognizes it over the productive life of the asset. So while the baseline accounting for the credit seems pretty straightforward, as is everything, the devil is in the details. So for example, there are tax basis reductions that come with a lot of the investment tax credits. So you'll not only have the accounting for the credit, but also potentially an additional temporary difference that pops out because the carrying amount of the asset on the books doesn't equal that adjusted tax basis. There's also some odd policy choices in the application of the deferral method. 
So for example, a company has a choice of where to defer the benefit on the balance sheet. So if the ITC relates to a building, it could defer the benefit through reducing the carrying amount of PP&E, or it could separately defer it as a deferred income liability. So deferring that benefit reduces the risk that you'll end up with a day one basis difference because you're getting a book basis reduction at the same time that you're getting a tax basis reduction. But there are some credits in here where the tax basis reduction is only for 50% of the credit. So in those situations, you may have some day one deferred tax impacts to deal with. Then going on to the next set of questions, depending on what you decide about balance sheet classification for the deferral, you'll have more decisions to make on where the credit goes to P&L over time. So it can go into tax expense or as an offset to depreciation expense, so a pre-tax item. So as you can imagine, a company's selection of policies and all the different permutations can have a really big impact on pre-tax income, net income, and the effective tax rate. So we did put out a publication, John, earlier in the year where we illustrate how the various policy choices affect the financial statements and a company's effective tax rate. So that might be a good resource to consider for those companies that will be newly electing their investment tax credit policies. And that publication is called Diverse Accounting for Energy Credits. And we will have a link to that publication for our listeners on the podcast page. Yeah, I agree with you, Angie. A lot to digest there. So yeah, shameless plug for our publication. And uh, I would recommend uh, any stakeholder that has to deal with all this to go to that publication and review it in detail. So Ashby, turning to you, um, you know, we speak about bonus credits, right? So what are bonus credits and how are they earned? A bonus credit is when the amount of the credit is increased if certain requirements are met. And typically it's a percentage of whatever the underlying base amount of the credit was computed on. So really it's just kind of this enhanced credit or additional credit, it's why we call it bonus credit. So as part of the Inflation Reduction Act, it introduces some kind of new requirements and some restrictions or really requirements in order to get the bonus amount, typically tied to prevailing wage requirements, having apprenticeship programs in place, or domestic content or other similar requirements. And domestic content has to do with the amount of the product that is manufactured in the U.S. or in certain cases anywhere in North America. And some of these requirements may carry past the period in which the credit is originally generated. You know, typically an investment credit may be generated in the tax law when the property is placed in service or production credit may arise when an entity produces a certain amount of energy or something along those lines. But there may be a requirement to have or to pay prevailing wages or have an apprentice program for certain you know, repairs or other matters you know, related to the equipment behind these things for a period after the credit arises. Thanks, Ashby. So question, what happens if a company gets the credit, right, but doesn't meet that prevailing wage requirement you referenced to? But in that case, the credits will be subject to recapture. And recapture is really what it sounds like. If a company doesn't meet the requirements, then it could be in a situation where it has to repay the amount of the credit, or at least the bonus portion, back to the, the U.S. government if it failed to meet the requirements. 
Thanks, Ashby. Really appreciate you going over that. Angie, so how do we think about bonus credits in the lens of ASC 740 and, and all the accounting considerations? Yeah, John, the, the baseline accounting for the bonus credits is going to largely follow the guidance that we talked about for the base credits. But as Ashby mentioned, they definitely have wrinkles because there are some of those additional strings attached to them to avoid recapture. So obviously, like any other credit or really like any other tax position, a company will first need to apply the guidance on uncertainty and income taxes and determine whether it meets the more likely than not threshold to recognize the benefit of the credit. So that's sort of in the period when the credit arises. And then the second piece, evaluating the recapture risk for the bonus credit is likely to be a bit trickier. So while tax credits have had recapture provisions historically, the requirements in the IRA to maintain the bonus credits that Ashby mentioned are really unique. So we think companies will need to have a pretty good idea about whether they expect to meet those requirements going forward and would really need to continue to expect to meet those going forward to support continued recognition of those benefits. Interesting. So what happens if the facts and circumstances change for a company? Well, John, you know, like any other tax position, the company will still need to continually evaluate whether they will avoid recapture based on their facts and circumstances. So they'll really need to do an analysis each period to evaluate whether they've met their requirements in that period and whether they continue to expect to meet the requirements going forward to sustain the benefit. So as a reminder, when companies are evaluating the positions that they've taken or expect to take on their tax return, they need to assume that the taxing authority has all the information and all the knowledge relative to that position. So we also have specific guidance in topic 740 on how to account for changes in judgments on previously taken tax positions. So certainly that guidance could result in the remeasurement or even the elimination of the benefit through recognition of a liability or a reduction of an asset. Angie and Ashby, thank you so much. And I really appreciate you joining us today to walk through the accounting implications of non-refundable tax credits along with the associated bonuses. I look forward to our future episodes on the IRA and CHIPS Act to understand more about the accounting considerations introduced by this legislation. Thanks and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this KPMG Financial Reporting Podcast. For more in-depth financial reporting developments, analysis, and podcast episodes, please visit frv.kpmg.us and be sure to subscribe today. Also, we are social. You can also follow us on LinkedIn at KPMG Financial Reporting View or with hashtag KPMGFRV.